0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another sunny day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Gavin O'Brien, co-founder and chief executive of Clearhead. Clearhead is a digital content agency based in Luton. Gavin, hello.
1: Hey, Matthew, how you doing?
0: I am well. Thank you for coming on the show today. We might as well dive straight in. What does the word leader mean to you? Um,
1: I think it's, it can be very complex and also very simple. I think to be a leader is literally leading from the front uh, and being a good influence and other people to bring the best out of them. Um, and I also think being able to cope under extreme pressure and still remain, um, level-headed and in the sort of same mm. space mentally and physically are, are both really important elements to me.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: I only look back to when I was a kid um, and at school when your first leaders obviously are your teachers. Um, and I think that one thing I learned very much was to the, the best teachers were firm but fair. And I think that that's very much kind of how I like to lead. I like to lead from the front. I like to make sure my good habits uh, are passed on. I like to think that also, you know, there's a a lot of accountability. And I think that from what we have in in our um, agency, it's very much a two-way street that the team can hold me as a leader accountable. uh, And that means also I can hold them accountable um, to, to stick their hand up. So I think that, you know that's very important as well as being very understanding because i think empathy is also a very important element of being a leader also uh, and putting all else aside and making sure that the team are both in a very kind of good state of mind, um, both in their personal life and also in their work life because it goes hand in hand.
0: Now, of course you manage quite a decent amount of people, um, with that, there are obviously challenges and, and you said about keeping, keeping, uh, them in, in check mentally and, uh, work wise. What's the greatest challenge in, uh, managing a team to pr- create a productive workforce?
1: I, 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 I suppose as a, as a leader to, to to manage a team, the biggest challenge is probably there's nowhere for you to hide, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that often is, you have to be a certain have a, a certain mindset to, to do that, um, and I think that I suppose not all people who start a business are necessarily good natural leaders, and vice versa, good natural leaders aren't necessarily great into the nitty gritty of uh, of business. Um, but I think that doing that, you know, I suppose it's also like making, making sure, especially from a creative agency perspective, is making sure the challenge is keeping everyone motivated and inspired, I suppose. Um, you know, there's some elements up and down the UK where there's some beautiful areas, but you know, if you go to the States, there's lots of great inspirational parks like, you know, on LA you've got the beaches or, you know, you've got hills or we haven't really got that. So it's constantly trying to make sure that we um, can try and inspire them to come up with some great creative ideas and keep picking some kind of innovation.
0: Now let's turn back the clock to when you first entered uh the workforce. Uh, you mentioned teachers earlier on, but was there any particular influence in the world of work uh that has shaped you as a leader today?
1: Yeah, I mean you've got the, you've got the stereotypical um entrepreneurs, the people like like you know, the Richard Brownsons of this world. I think I also grew up very much in kind of historically um, loving someone like Nelson Mandela, I suppose. I think just seeing how people can respond in a very empathetic way under the most extreme circumstances um, was was good to see. I think also even, I suppose, for me growing up, uh, someone like Tony Blair was also a good influence when it comes to just having the charisma, being very strong when it comes to what they wanted to do, um, and thinking, yeah, that's, that's someone that, that I look up to, as well as in more recent times, I suppose, you know, someone like Barack Obama. Um, you know, I think that some of his uh, rhetoric and his kind of overall skills were just incredible, second to none, and I think that they're the type of people that I definitely look up to.
0: I think the common thread there is uh, the ability to communicate and of course, communication within the sphere of business is incredibly important. Uh, What happens when communication goes wrong? Uh, How do you deal with those challenges?
1: Yeah, I think more than not actually, communication is at the heart of most issues that you come across in any business. And it's such a, I suppose, a soft skill uh, for you and and your team or your peers to develop. But also, I think you constantly have to work at it, however good you think you are at communication. Uh, And you constantly have to to push um, to learn new skills and new ways of dealing with things. Um, And so, yeah, and also being clear in communication, with what you want from each individual member of the team and where you want to try and get to um, is is also very important um, with that because I think if if your communication is muddled or if your communication is too extreme in one way or the other, that could be too loud, too aggressive, um, too shouty or on the complete other side, too wishy-washy, then it makes your life much more difficult. Um, And so, yeah, communication is at the heart, I think, of business and leadership. It goes hand in hand, uh, being a good communicator. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why the people I looked up to, I, I thought, put across some very difficult topics or very difficult subjects in a very simple way um, and in a very charismatic and inspirational way, which uh, I liked a lot and try and do that in my business life and, and also in my personal life.
0: Now, young people are entering uh, the field every day. What advice do you have for them if they wish to uh, seek a career such as yours?
1: Um I've always been very uh, target driven, Matthew. I think that's also that's mm-hmm. one really big um, thing that I've had from the very beginning. Is I think probably from when I was about fourteen, thirteen, or fourteen, um, I've always sort of done some very simple back then five year plans as to where I wanted to get to, um, and I think that that is you know, hugely important because then when you do have to get up on that cold. Monday morning at five o'clock in the morning and it's a really terrible day, you know where you're trying to get to at the end of it. Um, but if you don't have them targets and goals, I think it can sometimes be difficult to motivate yourself in the kind of micro sphere of that day or that week. Um, I also think that you have to have a certain tenacity um, because uh, I'm not sure about yourself, Matthew, but I'm sure lots of the, the listeners will come across careers advisors who just tell you to go down a very simple route just to make sure you get a job. Um, when I said that, mm-hmm. I think when I was about 15, um, told my, um, I was with my my parents and told my careers advisor that uh, maybe I wanted to design websites. I can remember the this is at 15. I can remember a careers advisor said, well, I'm not speaking to me, speaking to, to my parents more. Well, if he's not doing it now, then uh, he probably won't ever do it. Mm-hmm. type of attitude so I think you need to have a lot of determination and tenacity to be able to, to push push that forward and, and you know, creativity and business are also you know great because I honestly do think that this is a hobby that I you know I'm very fortunate enough to get paid to do and also be in control of most of the time mm-hmm. and I think that For anyone who's you know is younger looking to get into the the workforce, I think that for me it's three important pillars it's the you know um, passion, flexibility, and remuneration. And I always think they're Mm. three really important elements to try and get a balance with all three. Um, you know, if you, you can get paid all you want in the world, but if you're not passionate about it and you're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no flexibility then that's not what you want, um, or 99% of people won't want that. But on the flip side, if you're really, really passionate, but you don't get paid anything for it, then you're not going to be able to sustain it. So I really find that there are three elements of trying to find a balance between them.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is very quickly drawing to its close. But before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Clearhead?
1: I think we've got some huge growth plans. We've just moved into a brand, massive new converted uh, office space. Um, We've just employed a new managing director to run the day-to-day for us. And I think just the way that the industry is heading um, with us working directly with brands, um, it's a very exciting time for us. And We've filmed in over 20 countries in the last two years and We think that's going to continue through this year. And um, yeah, we're aiming for another 30, 40%
0: growth. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, Gavin, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you. And I very much hope that you come back on the show at some point in the near future and give us a broader scope of your ideas for the future. Gavin, thank you. Thank you. That was Gavin O'Brien, founder and chief executive of Clearhead. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst.
2: Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Sir Geoff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh,
3: You're welcome. You're, good afternoon. they were people that else didn't think wanted to be part of a group um so that that's that's for me in terms of my personal view i think that it looked prior to the um world cup that i was going to be playing um in it only a few games before i was i was playing and i played with the region in the game against yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final and it looked at that stage as if i was going to be
2: Maybe it does prove there are things that such as stupid questions, really.
3: Um, oh, yeah, there are. There certainly are. I've got another one, which I won't bore you with. too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey or a channel line, Jersey or Jersey, two or mm. three years ago, and most stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now, but it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, I mean, I can you, you want me tell you if you want. You got time? I can tell I go, you. if You want Jeff? Go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was
3: uh, doing a, a at a dinner in, in the Channel Lions, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of mm-hmm. and this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions, and then all of a sudden, I heard a somebody at the back who